This week on Happy, Sad, Confused, Kate Mara makes her triumphant return, and Jake Johnson on Jumping Over Buildings with Mr. Tom Cruise. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to the show. As I said, we've got a returning champion, Sammy. This is exciting. This is full circle moment. The very first guest on Happy, Sad, Confused was Kate Mara. She was the very first. Oh, you didn't know that? I didn't know she was the very she first. She predated even even you, even your illustrious intros. She sure did. So so first to tease a little bit later on in the show, um, we've got Jake Johnson, who uh, everybody loves. He's one of these guys. Everybody loves Jake Johnson, right? I mean, yeah. the, the new girl, Safety Not Guaranteed, uh, Drinking Buddies, uh, Joe Swanberg movies, and now uh, in the big time with uh, the likes of Tom Cruise. Uh, <laughs> Literally Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of crazy. He's running and jumping and being kind of an action star and uh, in a big uh, summer spectacle that is The Mummy. Uh, it's a fun movie. It's a fun role. And uh, and yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's really cool to see him in this context. Uh, uh, Jake is always one of my favorite performers to watch. So we'll get into all aspects of his career a little bit later on. But first on the show, let's first things first. As I said, Kate Mara. Member of the family. Member of the family. So this is a nice full circle moment. Uh, we love Kate Mara around here. Um, she, of course, uh, you know, from House of Cards, uh, from, um, yes, Fantastic Four. Yes. We'll say it. We can talk about <laughs> We're it. We're allowed to mention it. We're adults, it. guys. Yeah. So everyone be cool. <laughs> and yes, we talk about Fantastic Four. Um, and her new movie, uh, Megan Levy, which is a true uh, life story uh, of her. She plays a, a Marine um, who, like her main co-star, is a dog. It's it's kind of a sweet, uh, dramatic story. Um, it just had its premiere last night at – do you know, know this where they had the premiere? Nowhere. Yankee Stadium. What? Isn't that cool? That's crazy. I know. I'm kind of jealous. I didn't go. Um, but uh, <laughs> Vin yeah, Diesel's like so mad that they didn't do the Fast and the Furious <laughs> He's there. calling a meeting today. He's <laughs> yeah. like – Guys, you failed me for the yeah. last time. He's, he's like, if he doesn't get Giant Stadium for nine, he's quitting. Totally. Yeah. The next Fast and Furious movie's premiere will be in space. Yeah, the movie may be in space, the but yeah. the premiere will definitely be in outer space. Let's hope so. Yeah, please. Um, so since there is a lot of uh, delicious interview content, I don't want to waste too much of the audience's time. Unless you have any – do you have any uh, thoughts, any um, well wishes for the audience, any important messages about the world at large, Sammy? No, I just hope everyone goes see – to see both these movies and that Such a um, shill. Look at no you. no dogs were harmed in the making of or in the making of the podcast in the making of this podcast we don't know about no no dogs were harmed we love dogs around here do you have a do you have a dog I have a god dog all right I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> I even asked why do I oh, of course you do I have a half dog you have, what you own half the, own, which which I half own, of the dog do you own I own the face the half, half. <laughs> no like the, the just the legs uh -huh. we split it in the middle what is this <laughs> so a living dog yeah no I have her on like when my friend goes away okay oh wait that's right you said you were dog sitting last weekend yes. right yes you listen to me I do no. listen what, what's the name of the dog her name's Harley and she's a puggle do you know what that is it's a mixture of a muggle and a, a... and a wizard <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I almost had it. Correct. Damn it. Um, no, I don't know what a puggle is. It's a, a pug and a beagle. Oh. Yeah. I had a I had a dog, uh, Muffin. Muffin what? Horowitz. Did you, have I talked about Muffin? This is before? one of my favorite stories. Well, we're not going to talk about that now. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's go to a much uh, happier story about dogs and uh, and uh, <laughs> Megan Levy. Which actually, there's some bittersweetness to it, but it's a, it's it's a good story. While we're checking out, uh, enjoy this conversation with Kate Mara. Josh poisoned his dog. That's not. Oh my God. <laughs> Enjoy. We're cutting that out.
Can you believe this is happening, Kate? My first guest has returned. I wait, what? Do you remember that? You were the first guest. No. I'm happy, sad, confused. No. You were. I didn't. I didn't know that. You didn't process that. Nope. Nope. Here we are. I feel very moved by that. This is a moving <laughs> moment for all of us. Um, yes, three years And I was promoting Fantastic Four, which... Well, you weren't actually. Here's, here's the... I, oh, I, I right. went back and listened uh, because I didn't want to duplicate our, our soul-searching conversation the first time around. <laughs> this is where we were at in our lives three years ago. Okay. Um, Barack Obama was the president. Okay. So it seemed like a good time. And um, and you had literally just that day it had been in, uh, announced in the trades oh. that you were going to be in Fantastic Four. So Those were the glory days. So the world has gone to shit since then. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Except that you're getting married. So that's right. So, there so, you so, go. Silver lining. So yes, there's a slight <laughs> silver lining to uh, the sadness of the yeah, world. Yeah. Um, but it's good to have you back. Thank you. It's always good to see you. Lovely. Um, Megan Levy is the film. We're going to talk a little bit about that and just catch up on all manner of, of life right now. Um, so let, let, let's actually just reminisce for a second so okay. where we were at the last time, well, at least on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So. How is the group text with the Fantastic Four gang now going? Um, it's definitely evolved. <laughs> <laughs> is there still one? Oh, yeah. I hope you're yeah. texting with Jamie. But everything is, is like nothing, nothing has changed and everything has changed. The group texts usually consist of Miles, you know, texting us like an inappropriate picture of something random. And then MBJ and I responding really quickly and Jamie not saying a thing, <laughs> but, but, the, but saying things to me in person. And I'm right. like, why don't you ever – text everyone back. They think you're ignoring them, but you're not. You're right. clearly... You're speaking on behalf of <laughs> yeah, the Fantastic apparently. Two. But that was always sort of the case. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> I would think you would have ditched Miles ASAP as soon as you possibly could, because <laughs> that guy's just too much trouble. Oh, I love that Miles Teller. I do, too. Yeah, I really do. He's been a frequent guest on the podcast. And I, and I feel like I, I'm like defending Miles, because I think at first blush, you can think he's an asshole. And he might be an asshole, but I he's a charming, lo- I honestly, wonderful guy. Yeah, I really love him. No, I do. Uh, truly. Yeah. So, okay, so where... What, can we get uh, um, some of the postmortem that we've joked about yeah. uh, um, often on camera about Fantastic Four in the past out of the way. What, what, was, there, what, was, was there a day when you texted friends and family and said, oh, God, this mm. isn't going to work? Um, I have such a huge family and they're so supportive that that wouldn't really do much good because none of them would care. And, <laughs> and they'd all be like, I don't – whatever you're saying, we're going and we are supporting. Right. Um, but, I mean – the four of us definitely had an idea of what was about to happen on the press tour. It was a rough, it was a really rough one. I but think- we bought honestly, the four of us became so much closer on the press tour than we even were while making the movie. Yeah, um, it's a bonding thing to be that sort of disappointed and yeah, um, yeah. I feel like I, I, in a weird way, I got to be like a member of the crew. You were. (laughs) I feel scarred and bonded for life as well. Yeah. Yeah. You really were a part of that whole thing intensely. Yeah. Because we we did the Apple Store Q&A like Mm -hmm. literally right before. And it was sort of like by then the writing, everyone knew. And it was just sort of like we got to go through the motions. This is what it is. This is part of the job. Absolutely. I mean, we tried to, you know, we tried to stay positive, but. When the reviews are coming out and it's all very clear what's about to happen, it's hard to do that. What's the? I mean, obviously, the best thing to come out of that was your relationship yeah. with Jamie. Is there anything else that you can point to as like a, a growth experience out of that? <laughs> That's that... a great question. Um, I, nothing, honestly, nothing like specific. But I will say that even if, um, you know, I, I, even if I didn't um, get a husband out of Fantastic Four, even if that hadn't happened. I, I probably still wouldn't – like, I'm not 
I don't wish I had never made the movie. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of I'm course. uh it's just another reminder. You never know what's gonna happen. Yeah. You just sort of have to do your best and um this business is insane. No, and as we've discussed, like again, on paper, it's not like anybody going into that was like, Oh, this isn't gonna fucking work. Like that uh, guy, no. Like it was like, oh, this guy's coming off a cool movie. This yeah. is the coolest cast. I'd want to work take. with all of these actors on anything. Yeah. So of course I'm gonna work with them on this. Yeah. Um, okay, so on to happier things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Please, for the love of God. Oh, God. Where's my publicist? Um, <laughs> she foolishly didn't enter the yeah, room. Yeah, I sent her off to get a smoothie. <laughs> God damn it. What smoothie did you get? What's your... Some kind of like a green dream situation. Such a stereotype. <laughs> I know. Walking stereotype. I know. <laughs> uh, congratulations on the movie. I watched it. It's, oh, thanks. It's a great piece of work. And um, it's inter- so the director of this did Blackfish, correct? Yeah. Which was such a moving piece of work. I loved Blackfish. So, how, and this is her first narrative, mm-hmm. is that true? Yeah. Um, Gabriella Cowperthwaite directed it, and she and I actually became friends um, after I saw Blackfish and um, was just obsessed with it. And yeah. um, we connected and, and really just became friends and, um, and would talk a lot about animal rights and things that we wanted to do, and then also just talk about movies. And yeah. I was really curious what she was going to do next. And, um, and we have a lot of really similar tastes in movies and things mm-hmm. like that. So when I was sent Megan Levy um, the script, um, there was no director attached. So I suggested they, you know, see what Gabriella thought and if they liked her and if she liked it. So that's kind of how it all happened. So what, what's the what was the key to you about this? I know you're an animal lover, in particular a, a dog lover. Uh, what's the key to getting this right? Like, well, when you saw the script, you're like, okay, as with most scripts, like it can go one way or another. Yes. Like, what, what did you want to avoid in this, and what did you and Gabrielle talk I, about? The thing I was like really most concerned about, and then even when we were shooting it, you just never know how it's going to turn out. Like the stuff where you're talking to an animal. Yeah. I was like, we need to cut all that out of the script right away. And everyone said, and Gabriella specifically, who I trust, said, no, no, no. There's no way I'm going to have you, like, being cheesy talking to a dog in the way that it's got to be natural. Think about it. Yeah. You, If you have dogs of your own or any animal, you do talk to them. Yeah. Which I actually was like, all right, that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> she said, we have to just do it in a way that feels natural and not like you're saying, you know, these cheesy um, dog movie lines. Right. Um, and so that was something we always were very careful of. Yeah. Um, that was my biggest concern. <laughs> so, it, uh, yeah, it's not Marley and Me. For not good or bad. No, I mean, not even. <laughs> that's its own weird kind of a thing. Yeah, people love Marley and Me. I mean. Moves them to tears. But the, the thing about this script, though, that I – that I was excited about. Of course, I love animals, but <laughs> I'm an actor. So I, you know, you have to, you have to make a movie for more reasons than that. Right. I, it's so rare that you're sent a movie, a military movie that's starring a female. Yep. Um, I really wanted to play a female Marine after I did, um, after I worked on that movie, Man Down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, with Shia, Shia of course. yeah. Um, and so this was really actually not long after I finished that movie, I was sent the script and thought, oh, that's weird. Um, uh, and it's just an inspiring emotional story and it deals with a lot of different things. Not just, it's not just about an animal. It's about a lot of, a lot of different sort of things. And did, did, uh, did Shai give you any, uh, workout tips to be a Marine besides <laughs> just like, you know, going to the gym in denim and um, like heavy clothes? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't follow his, uh, wardrobe advice, um, <laughs> on flair. workouts. Yeah. I, I appreciate it though. Um, 
You know, I was I had actually been training for something else like right before Megan Levy. So I was in a good place mentally. Like I was already going to the gym constantly. Yeah. I just had my trainer in LA like switch to Tweak some things. Like actual boot camp stuff. Got it. Which is not, you know, very easy. Yeah. Push ups and like pull ups are not my thing. But um we did a lot of that. But the training the real training was um the actual all the other stuff you learn in boot camp. Yeah. That's the stuff that I really didn't know anything about. So like weapons training and um, even like as simple as like how, how to wear your uniform, put it on correctly and yeah. um, how to load your pack and also all of the dog training. I mean, all of that was um, the dog and I were trained together um, a few weeks before we started shooting. And it was, you know, that was challenging. Well, it's, it's also the kind of thing where like, yeah, because by the time you're rolling camera, you want it to like the baseline should be like the effortlessness, like absolutely of just like carrying yourself. And then you add in the layer of like selling the dialogue mm -hmm. and selling the emotion of the scene. But if you don't have like literally the way to carry a gun or the way to interact with your dog, you're like flying blind. No. And even like how you enter a room and how you stand and how you respond right. um, to people in the Marine Corps is all you're very you're trained to do those things um so yeah we I was I had this amazing um team of people like actual marines ex-marines sergeant major all of these people that were helping me with it and you're, you're like I'm sure empowering them on set being like you know if you see me doing something wrong like call it out because I don't want to be the person oh, on, after beyond. the movie comes out there's nothing more intimidating than playing a marine that you know is going to be not only on set sometimes, but all of her Marine buddies are going to be watching this, right. judging it, judging every little <laughs> step you take. Um, so you want to get it right. Yeah. So, okay. So in terms of uh, being an animal lover, did you grow up with dogs? Did yeah. Um, I mean, I, we've, we've had countless dogs in our house. I have two uh, dogs of what, my own. What kind? What are their names? Tell us about them. My dog's names are uh, Bruno. Bruno's 15, and Lucius is 14, and Lucius was named after a character in The Gladiator, because I really what? loved that movie. Wait, which one was, was uh, Lucius? Lucius was the little boy, Master Aww. Lucius, yeah. The little boy with, like, the long blonde hair. Nice. Um, I told Ridley Scott that whenever we were shooting The Martian. Right. What, how did, how did he the, was just like, the cool. Dry, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he doesn't seem <laughs> he to be like, oh. Like, no, he's a massive animal lover. Oh, is he? Oh, Ridley's a massive oh. animal lover, yeah. he um, He's obsessed with dogs. <laughs> and uh, his little dog is usually on, one of his dogs is usually on set. Really? Yeah. But he was really unfazed by the <laughs> Lucius comment. I think he's, like, probably used to... Much crazier things. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, like a lot of cats named Ripley, yeah, a lot of things yes. like that. Uh, are you more, so do you prefer puppies or babies in your life in exposure? Oh, um, can I, both. But I have to say, after I went and saw, after I saw a chimp for the first time, a baby chimp. Was that recent? So I no, it was saw two the years ago. Of the Liberia, right? Mm -hmm. You were, okay, and that was two years ago? Yeah. Oh, okay. But after I saw a chimp for the first time, I thought, oh, I think I'd want a chimp more than a baby. <laughs> is, that, is that an available option in LA now? No, no, no. Of course not. It's illegal to have chimps anywhere. <laughs> I was you should, say. I'm and I'm strongly against it. Okay. I'm just saying they're the cute. I love puppies, but right. chimps. You're not. You're not in flying in the face of your humanitarian <laughs> endeavors, like running right. an illicit chimp no, no, no. <laughs> dealing God, ring. No, no, no. I'm against, strongly against it. But they do make very, very, very cute babies. So what was that What was that trip like? We saw some photos recently on social media. That um, seemed like a moving experience. You and Rooney were out there, right? Beyond, yeah. yeah. Um, my sister and I have always been, you know, uh, sort of weirdly obsessed um, with chimps since we were kids. And the Humane Society, who I've been working with for a while, 
invited me to go with them to see um, where at the time the, the, the chimps had been abandoned by the New York Blood Center. And um, they wanted me to go and, and see the incredible people that are there taking care of them yeah. um, and sort of like help out with trying to get the blood center to do the right thing. And in the meantime, raise money for it. Right. So I just thought, oh, I have to ask my sister to come with me because she'll she'll want to do this and she'll be just as moved by it as I will. And it was unlike I mean, it was unlike anything I've ever experienced it it felt like we were on the craziest ride like a disney like a disneyland ride where um i mean i, I it's really hard to explain because you're on this tiny tiny boat and yeah. you're visiting six different islands and they hear they hear you coming from um far off they can hear the engines yeah. because they're used to the um the people there feeding them they, they rely completely on the humans so when they hear the engine of the boat they start screaming and making noise at you know the the joyous shrieks of a chimp and they all start coming out from behind the trees it doesn't seem real it's like um and can a you movie. get can you get up close and personal is it, what are you the definitely safety concerns don't. what are the like no they, they it was it was actually interesting cuz i they're massive i mean you should you should be intimidated by a chimp you shouldn't get close but they're so they seem you know rather sweet so we said you know what should we be concerned about and they said well you know the boat will be at a a, a certain distance from them so you shouldn't be too worried but if they do get you know kind of ballsy and decide to get into the water cuz they can't swim right if they do decide to you know come towards the boat just jump out of the boat and start swimming cuz they can't swim gotcha you've got you've got that advantage <gasps> over them my sister and i were like what <laughs> this is the plan this, this is, is what you got this for us this <laughs> seems not very safe but, <laughs> but um, worth it. the worst thing that happened was they were thro- at one point they kind of th- started th- throwing things our way because they thought "Mm, those girls definitely aren't feeding us they shouldn't be here (laughs) (laughs) but it was amazing it was amazing do you have any trips like that on the next on the bucket list we're we're gonna have we're gonna go back for sure because now there has been an agreement between the blood center and the humane society the blood center is now paying um six million dollars a year now towards the um for the chimps to help take care of them so yeah it was a big it was a big victory for us but we're gonna be going back because now we feel like Weirdly, they're our little family. Amazing. Yeah. So what um, – does Jamie share a love of animals with you? See? Um, yeah. I think I've turned him into a bit of a mush in that <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He says nothing makes me happier than, than a chimp, than seeing a chimp. Aw. Yeah. So um, he's probably just saying that to keep, keep, keep the wedding going. I've heard <laughs> right, otherwise. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so I couldn't help but notice you, you cry a, a oh. bit in the, the film. Oh, God. I tried not to. I tried not to. I'm not like we're not talking like terms I mean, of endearment from the beginning right. to the end, but like there's a, there's some intense scenes. Yeah. Without getting maudlin again, without getting into Mar- Marley and Me territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is that something that's in your skill set? Is that difficult to get there? Do you have the, what's the secret? Do you're thinking of? Interestingly, in the movie, because obviously I'm in a lot of the movie, we were. I was very conscious of. Okay, we can't. We have to make sure. We're not crying in every scene right. because every, a lot of scenes are really emotional. Yeah. And so usually the emotion that goes with sadness ends up being tears Tends usually. Be, yeah. um, but uh, do I find it difficult? It depends on what I'm supposed to like. Sometimes it says you're supposed to cry, you know, in a scene and you're like, oh, no. The pressure of it being written is so much greater than like if it just comes naturally. Sure. 
it's you know then it's that's bonus yeah that's bonus <laughs> material um so what do you so on the day you know you... my mother asked me that question last night at the premiere she said and my grandma what how do you cry so much yeah, like, what we're, do you think of i'm on a text chain with your mom and grandmother we're all I wondering said, i just think of my childhood <laughs> <laughs> the mistakes you yeah. made <laughs> They were like, what? <laughs> did you really say that? <laughs> Why did you invite us all? No, of course. I did say that, but they thought it was funny. Um, <laughs> so I don't no know. Secrets, I'm an actor. Just, no. Yeah, I'm not like Bryce, da- Bryce Dallas Howard is a genius. Have we I've, talked about this? That's I've, funny you say that. Well, I've watched her on all of those talk shows where she cries on cue. Yeah. she. Well, she, when you obviously know the happy second fuse photos that we do, she's the only person <laughs> that's ever literally cried for sad, like within 30 seconds. No, I don't have that skill. We'll put you to the test. <laughs> oh, God. Do you have somewhere to be? We'll wait a couple hours. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> You're listening to Happy, Sad, Confused. We'll be right back after this. Um. So I assume without – it wasn't d- digital trickery. You shot in Yankee Stadium, I assume. Yeah, a year ago yesterday. So we, we shot there a year ago and then had the premiere exactly a year later, which was – you know. That's awesome. Yeah, kind of sentimental. So was it? what's it like shooting in Yankee Stadium? What's the how, – how many seconds do you have to shoot? Like is it like one of the things you have like three minutes and then – No, we had – well, we had all day. Um, oh, so it wasn't during an actual No, game, I think or? it was – you know, we had to – obviously we just kept changing our shooting day based on their schedule and things like right. that. Um, but it was – uh, I mean, um, amazing. Gr- growing up, going to to Giant Stadium right. my whole life, I have a you know, it's very cathartic for me to go to a stadium and like that whole the energy, the smell, all of it yeah. reminds me of my childhood and it makes me quite emotional. So it was um, for me, it felt weirdly. Um, I don't know if I would say I felt at home, but I did feel like it was personal in a, yeah. in a lot of ways. Have you? I know you you've sung the national anthem. Yeah, when I was younger, I was stupid enough to think like that. That's easy. That's a good idea. <laughs> and then when I got old enough, I started realizing like how terrifying it was. So you weren't terrified at the time. No. Only in retrospect, now do you have the the flashbacks? Oh yeah, yeah. So was it just the arrogance of youth? You were just I think I was just, oh, it's my family. Like my my grandpa asked me to do it. Of course I'm going to do it. (laughs) Everyone's grandpa asked me to do it. I just want to please my family. (laughs) So how how old were you? I think I was 14. Nice. And did you? In line for a few years after, yeah. You did a good job, presumably. Well, I was, I was there, they they were winning a lot when I would do it. So then it was this superstitious thing. Would you do it again? No. Well, I mean, I guess never say never, but probably never. (laughs) (laughs) Have you you ever done a first pitch at a game? No, and I don't think I would do that either. I mean, I just feel like I would fail. Again, the risk versus reward of yeah. that. Yeah. Like if you just – if you screwed up, you're on YouTube it's for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's... I'd rather just go and watch the game and enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> so um, welcome to the world of Instagram. Thanks. What took you so long? Um, I just didn't want like the addition – I love Twitter and it just – I feel like it takes up time. Yes. You know, and I didn't want the additional distraction. And then Ellen Page really gonna, bullied me into it. I was it. assuming. I was literally about to say it. I'm assuming Ellen Page bullied you. She into literally it. bullied me into it. Um, is, she, so yeah. is she hitting you? What's going on? What She's do you a mean? Bully. <laughs> that tiny Canadian is actually stronger than she looks. <laughs> she, uh, you guys have uh, brought uh, tiny detectives to the big screen. Not really, but, well, you, but you've collaborated on a yeah, film. Yeah, we have, and we want to make more tiny detectives. You have to. Yeah, we we really want to do that. We're What's stopping you? Exactly. Nothing. We're going to make it happen for sure. It was okay. the most fun. Um, but And then we decided, oh, this that was so fun. Let's make like a really dark drama love story. 
Like, <laughs> nothing to do with tiny detectives. Um, was it still fun to, it to was. hang out with one of your best yeah. friends? I mean, yeah. and also, I just think she's amazing, um, amazingly talented. And, uh, yeah, it was surreal. I've never, I've never had... First of all, it was my it was my first producing gig. Oh, cool! Congratulations! Nice. Thanks. Yeah. So that was a definitely learn that was a learning experience. Um, and then yeah, to be on set every day with one of your best friends, I just have never had that before. So uh, tell me a little bit about the producing side of things, because that can mean any number of mm -hmm. things. Obviously, what what uh, what aspects of it did you enjoy? Would you do you want to continue in that kind of realm? Does it give you a little more? You know, it's kind of a selfish thing to do for me. Like I. I am doing it now. I'm do I'm sort of developing a few other things. It's really to get it's really to do the films or series or whatever that I want right. to act in. Sure. That aren't that I that aren't just appearing, you know, magically. Right. <laughs> so that's why I that's why we did it. We found a script that we liked and then we thought, okay, let's get some producing partners on board and find our director. Um and so that's how that happened. Got and it. then now it's kind of I learned a lot from that and um and sort of just have some filmmakers that I really want to work with and nice. yeah. So what's uh, what's the plan? What's the name of the the project with Ellen and Um it's right now it's called Mercy. It, it's post production. We sort of are just in the midst of it. So hopefully, okay. I don't know, maybe fall we'll have something more concrete. Um how much of your time right now between uh promoting this film, wedding planning is reserved for uh Thinking about Harry Styles and, oh, and well, his, new, his new music. His new music and um, Dunkirk, right? I yes. Mean, I'm oh hoping to do God. something with Harry. I've not met him. Have you met Harry by now? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's the most serious answer you've given <laughs> in the entire podcast. Oh, my God. I, I, I made um, – made. I didn't make, actually. I, I asked uh, Jamie Bell if he <laughs> wanted to watch the One Direction documentary yes. the other night because he had never seen it. So we watched it with we actually watched it with Max Magella, who also loves One Direction, oh, awesome. and uh, and Jamie Bell uh, finally gave in, and now he gets it. Again, I think he's lying to you. This is love. <laughs> <laughs> I, think All he, lies. I think he hates chimps. Okay, I, I love the Harry Styles album. I love the song Kiwi. I cannot get enough of it. Um, love the song Woman. I mean, I could go on and on. Wait, for, uh, let's a bit backtrack for a second. Okay. Do you call uh, your soon-to-be husband Jamie Bell? You used to call him his, <laughs> his, his, his both names? No, that was just like, a, I just thought I'd try that out. Okay. You know, because fiancé sounds a little, I don't know, I just kind of got sick of saying that. Right, so right. I just thought I'd throw in his full name. <laughs> well, speaking of full names, you should know when I was uh, just catching up on seeing what you're up to, et cetera, <laughs> I looked at the Wikipedia entry, oh. and I noticed that not only does it give the pronunciation of your last name. Great. Um, uh, as Mara, mm -hmm. but it also cites "happy, sad, confused" as as the, as the proof of where of of her pronunciation. It's all thanks to you. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. But if you have my sister on here, she will say it's Mara. Mara yeah. So. Uh, speaking speaking of which, uh, have you seen a ghost story yet? Have you? No, seen I'm dying to see it. It's really good. I, I cannot wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, did we not tweet about pie? The pie. The yeah. pie. So okay. So just to <laughs> backtrack to for clarification, this movie that people are going to be talking about pretty soon because it's got some amazing performances. It's from David Lowry, etc. <laughs> um, there's a sequence in the film that 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 maybe it's five minutes, but it. And I, when I say it feels longer, doesn't that's not a negative. It's just sure. it's, it's like a big. It's an unusual sequence for a film okay. where your sister. The amazing Rooney Mara, not Mara, uh, <laughs> is basically eating an entire pecan pie or pecan pie, depending on your pronunciation, by herself. Was it pecan? I think so. It wasn't chocolate? How, what a bummer. Um, but in an interview with her or David, it was revealed that she had never eaten pie. <laughs> 
and I tweeted at you, and, I, and, and you and you corroborated this that the the Maras or Maras. I said, "What's pie?" Yes. I think. Which <laughs> is I, this true? Was that a joke or was that truthful? I mean, I was kind of joking, but I wouldn't be surprised if my sister never ate pie. I don't really, I don't really get pie. I mean, I do. Get pie. If you gave me like a piece of chocolate pie, I'd be into it. But I don't really want like an apple pie or a. Nah, I'm not. I'm with my sister on this. (laughs) We can't be friends. I'm with my sister on this one. As she as she stared at her juice press. As my green green juice arrived. Yeah. (laughs) What other foods have you not been exposed? Give me a donut any day. Okay. Any day. What else? Don't want cake. Like get it out of my face now. Anyway, Harry Styles okay, yeah, soon to, to be it. seen in Dunkirk. We're all hoping for the. I mean, I'm sure you're praying that he's an amazing actor because then you'll get to. No, hopefully it's work not. With there's him. no prayers. You know he's going to be amazing. <laughs> Everybody know. Like it's just obvious. He's very charismatic. It's the new JT. It's that kind of thing where like he clearly has it. Chris Nolan wouldn't have hired him if he wasn't an amazing That's actor. That's fair. It's definitely. Oh God, I got excited. <laughs> She's hitting the microphone. Hit She's the so mic. excited Sorry. about Sorry. Harry's potential career. Um, <laughs> Potential. I like that. His potential <laughs> career. Okay. Well, I'm there's def- still hope for him. I'm definitely going to sit down with him soon. What, what do you want me to convey to him on behalf Nothing. of the 1D fans and uh, and Kate Mara? Well, just fan. thank you. I thank you for the music. <laughs> thank you for the music. Thank you. And yeah, that's it. How many times have you seen the doc by now? Oh, only twice. That okay. Was it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, seen anything else lately? Have you? Have you? I just saw Alien two nights ago. I actually went to see. Wonder Woman, and it was sold out everywhere, which a, made me, honestly, phenomenon. it made me so happy. It's pretty great when you yeah. see this. I mean, everyone's in agreement. I it's, can't wait to it see works. it. I'm yeah, psyched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did Alien scare you? Um, I was a little bit scared, yeah. I was, I was a little, it made me a little nauseous. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Amy you... Simetz, um is so good in it, and that yeah. was my favorite sequence. I guess I can't really talk. I don't want to give anything away, but that the, you'll know if yes. you've seen the movie. That was my favorite sequence, and she's also in my Ellen Page movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, it's, a, it's a nice eclectic, I mean, a uh, cast that includes the likes of Amy and, like, Danny McBride and Catherine Waterston and, and Two Fastbenders. Mm-hmm. I love that, like, he I kind mean, of— Who doesn't want Two Fastbenders? I mean, he's the best. Yeah, he Have is the best. Have you worked with him yet? Negative. What the fuck? Right? You, Fastbender, Styles. Jamie Bell. Oh. Jamie Bell. <laughs> just Jamie. Just say Jamie. Jamie Bell wants to work with Fastbender need... and Harry Styles just as much as I do. You and your soon-to-be husband need to get on a first-name basis before you walk down the aisle. <laughs> I'm really worried about you guys. Uh, Have you talked? Jamie? Yeah. Oh, good. That's a step in the right direction. <laughs> we talk all the time. What has he introduced you to? You've introduced him to 1D. Arsenal. Football. Mm-hmm. Soccer, whatever we call it around here. Um, Is he as, are you as into? Oh, he's obsessed with um, Alan Partridge. Like, when I say obsessed, it's. If you start talking about it with him, he won't stop. I confess, I've, I know. I mean, this is Coogan, mm. Steve Coogan. Everybody loves. Yeah. I've never watched it. Is, would I enjoy? Is it good? He cries laughing at it. Like it, he'll he'll. Sometimes I walk, I get home, and he's there, you know, watching it, and like I, he doesn't even notice that I enter the house because he's just so obsessed and like moved how, by it. How many episodes are there? He's just rewatching the same stuff. Oh yes, stuff? yes. I think there might be a new season out now. Though. Okay. Who, does he love Alan Partridge more than you love Housewives? Um, he yes, he does. Yeah, but I yeah, I do love. Housewives. You're gonna need two different televisions, <laughs> different living spaces to make this work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so okay, what's next on the agenda? You're gonna we're gonna see Mercy at some point in well, whatever. I did a movie called Chappaquiddick that oh, should yeah. be coming out. 
I'm very intrigued. That's John Curran, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, directed that, um, and obviously a, a, another true life story that's a little more familiar yeah. than uh, even Megan's story. Um, what can you say about that? Like, what's the scope of that story? Is it that specific incident? Yeah. Is well, it? It's like, yeah, it definitely focuses on that day before before the accident. Obviously, the accident and then the aftermath of it and what happens and what Ted Kennedy decides to do and his decisions. Um, Jason Clark plays Ted Kennedy. He's so good. Yeah. Um, he really transformed, I think, for I'm excited. To, I haven't seen it yet, but I'm excited to see it. Um, it was really hard. <laughs> it was it was really hard work. I mean, what, what aspect of it? Well, shooting, shooting the accident scene. Yeah. What we were in. Uh, we went to Mexico to shoot in like the underwater tank there oh, wow. to do all the car, you know, the cars upside down, and sh- and that whole sequence was sure. uh, just insane. I've never done anything like that. Crazy. And do you yeah. know? Do you know what you're off to shoot next, or do you? No, I'm out? I'm figuring it out. Yeah, we'll okay. see. Okay. Uh, it's always good catching up with you. You're always welcome here. Look at like we've really we have grown in one respect. Last time I think you saw me in my weird like dingy office. We've got a nice little studio now. We're wearing headphones. You're like, all grown like, up, like, Josh. Not really. Not really. <laughs> She's gonna be a married lady soon. I've got my own <laughs> podcast studio. It's so exciting. Yes, it's very exciting. Uh, congratulations on the film. Congratulations on your green juice and your hatred <laughs> of pie and your love of chimps. Thank you. <laughs> that was a great description of me. Yeah, I appreciate I, I it. I think it sums you up. Yeah. Give my regards to Jamie Bell. I will. <laughs> uh, and I'll see you soon. Okay. Thanks, Kate. That was Kate Mara. Once again, her new film is Megan Levy. Check it out. Uh, Another movie that you can't avoid. It's one of these ginormous summer blockbusters. The Mummy. The Mummy. The Mummy. What if they pronounce it The Mummy? They might. (laughs) We'll find out tonight. Well, no, I've I've seen. Yeah, we're. we're, I know, but at the premiere, if they personally call it. Right. So Sammy and I, in a few hours, are headed off to uh, the New York premiere. We're going to talk to Tom Cruise. We're going to talk to Tom Cruise and Jake Johnson and Courtney B. Vance. I'm very. When I saw him (laughs) pop up in the movie, I got very excited about that. So look forward to that content on the World Wide Web. We'll, uh, you know, I'll spread it on the social media. I'm sure you'll be able to find it on MTV's Facebook and YouTube and all those fun places. Uh, Sure to be a fun conversation with Tom Cruise. He's always a delightful interview. Uh, And uh, as is Jake Johnson. This is his first appearance on Happy Sack Confused. Jake is somebody... uh, Probably not his last. I don't think so. He's somebody that um, I've talked to a fair amount over the years, and he was actually very sweet, even like off mic when he came in, kind of reminiscing about um, the first times we talked to each other. And he was pretty early on in his career, and he had some very nice things to say. And it was a disgusting love fest. It's it's better. It's best that we didn't record it, frankly. But just know we love each other. <laughs> the love dare not spoken yeah. of. Um, so enjoy this conversation. He, it's a really good one. Uh, we talk a lot about the mummy, but also a lot about sort of where his priorities are in his career. A very frank discussion about let's be cops and and a film that was like a big hit for him and wasn't necessarily a great experience for him and and how that's kind of colored his career going forward. So always appreciate it when the guests feel comfortable to be frank about the business and and mm. and, and and the kind of priorities you have to make as an artist. And uh, and Jake is in a position where he can you know, not jump at every opportunity. He can be a little bit choosy and uh, he's been very fortunate and I know he's going to make some cool stuff in the future too alongside Joe Swanberg, et cetera. And, and Tom Cruise is new best friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the biggest star in the world. There yeah. you go. Uh, so without any further ado, here's Mr. Jake Johnson. Remember to check out The Mummy this Friday. 
It's my great pleasure to welcome the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Jake Johnson. He's just been buttering me up. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, well, it's true, man. <laughs> um, congratulations on what's been a historic year. You have not only uh, The Mummy, but a Smurfs movie uh, in the same year, which is the Thank dream you. of any actor. Thank you. Well, you know, you work a lot of years, and then... You got there, bud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was it. between me and Daniel Day-Lewis, <laughs> and we each did a 15-minute monologue about what it meant to be grumpy Smurf. Poor Daniel Day-Lewis. He spent that year in Smurf Village apprenticing. Well, look, he's a good actor, but I'd be his ass out, <laughs> and even after the performance, he looked at me and he goes, "You know what? You deserve this." They made the right choice. <laughs> and then he rolled his cigarette. And I go, "Get your cobbler ass out of here, my man! I got a job to do. I got to say three words in a uh, Smurf movie." I'm making my rounds through the Smurf cast. We had Joe Manganiello in, so if you could, um, if you could put a good word in with Mandy Patinkin, oh, I'd really appreciate yeah, it. For sure. I mean, they, they all know me so well. Yeah, they love my work. And that. <laughs> um, but congratulations on, on all your success, man. I've always been a fan. I've always enjoyed chatting with you. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, you know, I'm sure like myself, you know, you grew up with Tom Cruise movies sure, to, to be absolutely. a part of this, uh, kind of spectacle. Uh, it's kind of a quintessential ride. Uh, so congratulations on the mummy, man. Thanks, man. It was, for me, the game of this one was, I get to do stunts with Tom Cruise. Yeah. It'd be one thing if I was in like a period piece drama with him. I would definitely fight to do it and be excited. But Tom has taken that jump. And for, you know, I was born in 78. Yep. So Tom was at first our big movie star. He did comedy, he did everything, but he was what it meant to be a movie star. Totally. And then somewhere along the lines, he transitioned into doing action, but it wasn't like Nick Cage action. That's the, It's funny that you mentioned that, because I've said this to other people, too, because we're about the same age, and I remember it distinctly. It really was, I mean, you can count Top Gun a little bit in kind of like the action genre, but it was really mission. It was and mission. And so, like, he had not ever, he, had, he was never the guy that just ran around with a gun. Never. And he had a whole, like, ginormous career and then reinvented himself in a whole new way while still doing the magnolias and cool. Yeah, but those know. all of a sudden became the other thing. Right. And his action, what he did with it, and why I really wanted to do this with it was with him, not with it. <laughs> He's I more than to, a man. Yeah, He's... I just refer to Tom as it. He really loves that in person. He thinks it's cool. Hey, remember, it, you want to grab a cup of coffee? I'm going to remember that on the carpet tonight. <laughs> you, thing, get yeah. over here. Hey, it, let's ask questions. <laughs> is that the whole thing that he does his own stunts. Right. Like, he's smart, and he understands that there's got to be a PR slant to stuff. Sure. And that's what I always thought it was. I always thought, like, look, I know the way these movies work. If you have a $100 million budget, you're not going to let Tom Cruise die. Because <laughs> you can't, because it's bad business. Not morally, fiscally. Well, you just, can't do but it. But imagine <laughs> if you're paying $500 million to launch Mission or whatever they yeah. paid, and he goes, guys, I'm going to jump off a plane and die. You go... Unless it's the last day of shooting. <laughs> and he's already recorded all his press. Yeah. He's not doing it. Would you mind doing a little mocap so we have you for the next few sequels? Just say, hi, Brazil. Exactly. This is Tom Cruise. Now say, hi, Italy. Um, so I always thought there was a bit of a slant to it. Yeah. Uh, and then when I got this opportunity, I thought as the human experience and experiment, which is what obviously this is in our stupid business, mm -hmm. I thought, man, I got to see. And the truth is, is the dude does it. And he gets it. We would be on a roof. So there's one story. And there's a true story. It's now become a press story. Sure. But it's real. <laughs> As opposed to the other bullshit we hear. But you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, there's I certain you. stories yes. that you retell. Yes. But we were on a roof together. And the stunt was we were running. And then there was going to be an explosion behind us. We were going to roll onto a roof and do the whole scene. We were on a three-story roof that was thin, and there were no wires. So if you fall to the left or the right, you die. 
uh, we had to keep up with each other because he wanted it in a two shot. Everything was really stressful and quiet and tense, and he and I were locked in in a way that was really weird for me. As a guy who's not intense with other men, like, right. you know, like, especially actors, I'm not like, let's make eye contact sure. and be a team, but he would be like, listen, buddy, focus in on me because we're in this. And he goes, we're going, and then he's like, okay, are you ready? And we're hitting each other's shoulders and getting pumped, and he goes, I'm gonna go one, two, three, and on three, they're gonna call action. I go, great. And he goes, we have to be on the same page. And I go, great. And he goes, on two, I want you to hold your breath. And while you're doing the running, hold your breath until you land on the bottom roof. Okay. And I go, yeah, okay. Seems weird, but okay, sure. <laughs> Short Tom Cruise. Yeah, that's, sure what, but that's what it is. Sure, right? yeah. let's do that. And he goes, practice. And I go, I know how to hold my breath. And he goes, practice. I go, I'm 38 years old. I can hold my breath, <laughs> sir. And he goes, Jake, practice. So we go, one. And I go, <gasps> he goes two. And then he, he didn't think I was taking it seriously, so he stopped everybody. 90-member crew is watching me hold my breath and walk through the action. When I do the fake roll, he goes, now breathe. And I breathe, and I'm like, oh, boy's taking this way too far. <laughs> but I respect him. They go, all right, ready? He looks at me. He goes, are you ready? I go, yeah. He goes, let's go. He goes, one, two. I go, <gasps> he goes, three. I hear action. We start running. We're going. I'm holding my breath. The bang, which I had been told was going to be from behind us, starts in front of us. So as I'm running, I see this fire coming towards us, but we have to do a jump because there's actually a gap. Yeah, so you no would, choice. Yeah. You wouldn't fall through and die, but your leg would get caught, and there's it's, like, it's just not a good look. It would hurt. <laughs> right. So I'm looking down, and I do the jump. The fire comes at us and goes past us and through us. So I am sure I'm on fire, <laughs> and I'm sure something went wrong. And I roll, and as the scene, we're on the ground, and he loves to do everything as a wonder. I'm hitting my face to see if I'm melting. And I'm waiting for someone to, like, scream in terror because I've, in fact, died. <laughs> this isn't right. Yes, because my face is burnt up. And I'm like, ha! Ah! Ah! And we're saying our lines, and then the thing cuts, and he's laughing. He's like, you're fine. You're fine. I'm like, ha! Ah! Ah! And he's like, you're fine. And then I go, hey, 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 you know, I'm happy to do all this. Someone's got to tell me if that's going to happen. And he goes, I did. I go, no, you didn't. He goes, why do you think I told you to hold your breath? <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're Tom Cruise. So you man. must have appreciated the fact that not only were you alive, but you had a, you had now a talk show story for <laughs> yeah, the junket. Well, there's like 17,000 of them. How quickly did you, uh, did you call your wife after that be like, crazy shit went down today? You know, honestly, there was so much crazy shit. Um, because he is such a, like, we worked out together, so we spent this summer in his gym, right. in his pain cave. Is he called it, the pain cave? He calls the gym the pain cave. I love how every, like, uh, the A-list movie stars all have names for their <laughs> <laughs> Hugh has one, Dwayne yeah. has yeah. one. Well, because they spend a lot of time in there. Yeah, more time than probably anywhere else. Yeah, we call it 24-Hour Fitness because that's that place you go to sometimes. <laughs> that's part of their routine. I call it Curves. They let me in. <laughs> So what's your what's your secret? What's the secret Tom Cruise um, uh, gym routine that you can now share with the world? It's that... really CrossFitty, basically. Really? Yeah. It's uh, I mean, what's different is is he's got these trainers that are on staff and they're all the time and they are awesome, and they are constantly thinking about what activity he's going to have to do. Right. And then they build it specifically towards that. So meaning, like, if he's like making a waffle, like he needs to like be able to use his process. <laughs> <laughs> um, hot syrup gets thrown at him. <laughs> 
but so it's like it's like that is the it's the practical te- in that it's practical way. and it's having a good staff do you think he uh, likes you more or less than Simon Pegg at this point? Probably Pegg would be more. That's just from duration. He's hey, spent more what are time. You do if I'm the, if I'm the, you know, it is what it is. It's wife and new mistress, I guess. <laughs> I'm the new one. Do you do you feel uh, is the sidekick moniker not worthy? Because you're not exactly. I wouldn't exactly call you sidekick. I agree. Uh, here's what how I see it. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm a a very good second tier player. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's a role I really like. Yeah. It, the way I've kind of viewed it and the way I kind of see it is if if our business is made of, like if we're a baseball team. Right. You need one, you know, Derek Jeter, if sure. you will. And then you need those other guys who really help you win. Yeah, the day-to-day. The day-to-day, you two, they can say, Jay, can you play third base? Right. We're going to need you in center field. <laughs> and that's a role I really like, and it's a really natural role. Um, and so... If that's sidekick, I happen to be a sidekick. But whatever that is, because right. that's what I feel like I do on New Girl. It's what I feel like I do in most of the movies I do. Even when I lead them on the indies, like win it all. Sure. I'll always ask for, if I'm in a scene alone, I'll be like, could the brother character be here too? Let's right. get Latruglio in here. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I want to play off somebody. By the way, I watched uh, Win It All just yesterday. Oh, I, nice. I really enjoyed it. And honestly, I, I love all your work with Joe, Joe Swanberg, who's become this, uh, you've got, kind of created a, a great little atmosphere, a team together. Clearly, you guys enjoy playing off each it. other and working. Yeah. Is, is that kind of like the optimal experience right now for you two, three films in? You know, it's, I honestly, I, I, I do love them all for different reasons. But what I love about Joe is, like, we're writing a new one right now, is, there's no studio, right? And there's no financier, and even these indie financiers, most of them are really cool, but you, they still give you approval, and you all of a sudden go back to being like a kid pitching somebody, who the person you're pitching was is literally potentially a banker, right? And you're going, so this is why this after ten years in this business grinding with great people, this is why I think this works, and they'll go, I like it, and I'm like. Yeah, the next thing you're going to say, I'm not that interested in, right, actually. Right. Unless you've produced movies and made movies, you're really just a fan with a, you know, a checkbook. Sure. And so what Joe introduced me to, despite the pleas of my lawyers and team, is he said, if you want control, let's write checks. Yeah. And so we finance these movies. And our goal is, is to make them and then to make enough money that we can make another one. Right. And so... Without the mummies of the world or whatever, I wouldn't be able to do these. So I love them, but I wouldn't love them if it's all I had, if that makes sense. Well, it, it, and it does feel in, in a much different kind of way. I, I relate in that. Like, I feel like the goal of many people in this kind of in the business, as it were, like the entertainment business, the people that want to create content, as it were, is to kind of like get to get to the level, whatever the level is, where you're the less people you're beholden to, the better. And it's particularly for someone, you know, like yourself, who, who's, you know, most of your, your trade has been as an actor. And now you've moved more into producing and writing. Um, you know, I've talked to talked to so many actors where it's like, even if you get to like a really pretty high strata, you're still like being told what to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, even if it's like about like kind of like making a little less money, um, you know, not working with the the size of budget you want to uh, work with. You know, personally myself, even in my weird little world, like I, I I've always enjoyed that. Like I have like creative autonomy and I basically, you know, I, I, no one tells me what guests to bring on. I get to do my own silly shit, whatever I want to do. Um, and you know, if I worked at access Hollywood, more chance, more people would see me, but like, but it'd be a different game. Yeah. So I think actors are the most respected 
you know, lowest member of the crew. Mm-hmm. And what people don't realize is these big actors come on with their big attitudes. Everybody knows them. Everybody wants the photo with the big A-list star. Then they get on set and somebody bosses them around. Now, they boss them around in a very polite way. Sure. But it's, please stand on your mark now. Um, uh, you, one more time. And it's a director, sometimes a first-time director, sometimes a not very talented person who's sitting there behind monitor. The actor does a take where I'll be another actor. I'll watch someone and I'll go like, that was great. Yeah. And I'll think like, oh, that person, like, she's great. And the director will go, can you give it to me again? Can, can you go a little faster? <laughs> like, faster? What are you talking about? She killed it. Right. But that person is the boss. And if that actress goes, really? You want faster than that? She's now being difficult. Yeah. And so you go like, oh, which I understand. You go, that's just what the game is. So if you just do that, I think you start feeling handcuffed and you start going, man, I do all this work to have somebody else tell me what to do. But if you can create a creative outlet for yourself, because I started up here in New York writing plays and putting on comedy shows and having a two-person show and had total control yeah. that obviously nobody saw or cared about for the six years we did it. But so that's where Swanberg has reentered my life, where he just said, let's make them. And I have a new idea that I, I pitched him on, and we both started laughing really hard. And I go, would you want to see this movie? And he's like, hell yeah. And that's the development process. Greenlit. Yeah, but that's <laughs> really – I go, how much are we going to spend on this? He goes, I'll let you know all the numbers, but yeah. we'll use what we made for Win It All, and we'll make this. And our thing is, is if he loves the movie and I love the movie, then we're okay. Yeah. Because his audience and my audience are close, but they're a little different, and that truly is enough for us. And, and so, how much does kind of like the, the the sorted kind of business strategy of it all come into play on the other side of the career? Whether it's you know, uh, let's be cops, which was a big moment, yeah. was a big moment for you, uh, obviously, because it did really well and like you know put you out in front. But uh, notice, I haven't taken it. I haven't been a, a lead in a studio since. Well, I was gonna say. So okay, well let's let's dissect that. Let's yeah. parse that out. So why is that? Is that it was an, it wasn't a happy experience. Okay, it was I love Damon. Damon Wayne's Jr. is, I mean, to this day, we text nearly every day. Uh, Riggle, Keegan, the, the cast of that. It just wasn't fun to shoot it. And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe we weren't having a blast. Yeah. And then the final product, although funny, I know what it could have been. Sure. And so I'm like, oh. and then you go out and you push it. And the studio's really happy that they made a lot of money. But I'm like, man, I don't get those three months back. Yeah. And it's not a movie I'm rewatching, because I think I know what we could have done. Well, yeah, you just named half a dozen of the smartest, funniest people Such on the planet. Such talent, and we are all right there, and we're not doing what we need to be doing. And I'm looking at this all-star group, and everybody's just kind of like going through, like getting it done. Yeah. And I thought, like, why would I want to do that? And you do that so that you can get another one, so you can get a a big deal, and you get a five-picture deal. And but but I'm like. Come on, when's enough? Like, right. I'm on television. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I, I get enough validation. I'm yes. making an okay living. That's I'm right. fine. I'm, I'm never going to be the richest guy, and that's okay because I would make terrible decisions with a lot of money. <laughs> if I had another zero at the back of my bank account, I would be dead in two months, and yeah. I would have a ponytail, and I'd weigh 350 pounds. <laughs> I was going to make a Brewster's Millions reference somewhere in there, but it I just, feel like nobody in the audience would get it. It just wouldn't be good. So, okay, well, that's really interesting. Like I said, so now coming off of that experience a couple years back and, and the show, which is coming to an end. Yeah. So where does that leave you? It leaves you with Swanberg and leaves you with these kind of, uh, you know, it sounds like you'll continue to create stuff. You have a production company, correct me if I'm wrong? We did. Uh, it was through 20th Century. Okay. So we're letting that go with the end of New Girl. Got it. 
So is there like what's the what's the what's the strategy if there is one to be a really uh, bad interview right now uh, interviewee right now? There's no strategy. Yeah. Uh, what I really what I actually feel about the strategy is, I've had in my opinion a great run in this business, and for my inner circle and my family, nobody can believe what happened. <laughs> Myself included. It was like, look, that was so weird that everybody let me into that party. I have no place there. Right. Uh, like, it, it's been a cool run. And if, you know, The Mummy, for example, Alex Kurtzman called me up and said he'd written the part for me. So I was like, okay. It wasn't like I was going after it. Right. I haven't auditioned for a part in a while, and I don't see myself going after it. You're not going to get in spandex for a Marvel audition? No, I, well, I, don't, I don't care. Yeah. It's not uh, worth it. It's not worth it. Now, if somebody calls and says, we want you in this and here's why. Like Alex Hertzman called and he said, we want you in this movie. And I said, I said, I when I heard what I had to do, I go, I think you've got the wrong guy. And, <laughs> Legitimately. Like, are you looking at my IMDb right I, now? I was like, I think you mean Jack Johnson. Uh, he is such a good singer and he's a cool Hawaiian. And, and an interesting choice. Yeah. And you put him next to Tom Cruise. I'm at the theater. You put Jack, actually, this is sad for me, but you put Jack Johnson in the mummy doing my part. You just made a little bit of money there, Universal. There's certainly a lot of think pieces and about that And then he could do one. the soundtrack, too. I can't do the soundtrack. <laughs> um, but he said, I want you and Tom. And he goes, I think you guys could create a very real friendship. And he goes, I really think you guys will like each other. And I think that'll show. Yeah. And I thought, that's pretty cool. I'll do that. But in terms of strategy, I don't. I wouldn't have gone out for mummy if they said, Read it and read as veil. Yeah, I would have said like I'm sure there's somebody who's going to fight harder for it. But then once I get a job, it goes back to being that utility player. Sure. Now I'm going to work my as hard as I can. I'm going to work my ass off. Yeah. But one of the reasons I don't like taking jobs like after Let's Be Cops is if I say yes, I'm going to try my hardest from the second I say yes through the end because I like to win. I like being on a team. I like all of us trying together. If there's something not right with the script, I want to fight to make it better. Right. And if you're fighting and you're pushing and you realize that the people at the top or at the studio don't really care. They just have a formula. Yeah. They're that, fine with the B minus that'll make $80 yeah, million. That's right. <laughs> then I, you think like, well, what am I doing with my life? Like, I, I understand if I make a movie, like win it all. There's going to be some people who don't like it. There are going to be some people who think, even though it was shot on film, yeah. they think it looks bad. Where you're like, okay. <laughs> they're going to think because it's not so plot driven, they're going to think it's boring. Right. That's okay. We've seen in our country we're a very divided nation. We all don't like the same stuff. <laughs> I haven't noticed. Yeah, it's fine with me. Sure. As long as the people who like what I do like it and I like what I do. And so I'm in that weird spot where I'm like, I don't know what's next. This is Happy Sack Confused. We'll be right back after this. Okay, so let's let's go back to uh, Little Jake. Yeah. Little Jake. Tell me about Little Jake. Little Jake. <laughs> and not not your penis. I don't care about your penis. Well, he would for sure, unfortunately, be Little Jake. <laughs> um, so you grew up uh, in the suburbs of Chicago? Grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. So yeah. what, what were you into? What was uh, your defining characteristics as a 10, 12, 14-year-old? Um, jokes. Yeah? Yeah. I uh, Single mom, brother, sister, and I. My brother and I had our little comedy routine. He was the older brother, the straight guy. And then I would come in for the lap. But it, he was like the, he just kept like bits going. But yeah. my brother and I did bits for, there was one period of time where we were these characters in our family to entertain everybody for so long. 
that my mother got worried and said, like, I want you guys to have a talk as brothers <laughs> and ask each other how you're doing. And we were about 18 at the time. Wow. So Were there character names? Was uh, it... I was Herbert. He was Willis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, When's the last time you brought out Herbert and Willis? Well, we still do bits all the time. Oh, God. But our bits have evolved. We do this new one now where we are masters of impressions. Mm-hmm. And so, because we're both really bad at impressions, so we only do it when we're alone, where we'll be like bored, and I'll be like, "You're the best in the world, Mister," and he'll go, "So are you," and I'll go, "Let me see Barack Obama talking to Bill Cosby." And then the game is you have to fully commit and try your hardest. So right. even if the other guy's laughing, you have to believe you're good at it. For sure. And we'll play that game for a long time. <laughs> But so it was it was all jokes. It was all bits. I never took anything seriously. School was never serious. I dropped out of high school when I was 15. Um, there was no consequences. And then uh, I went back to school a year younger. Uh, I mean, I was younger than everybody else who I'd right. grown up with. Uh, it took me five years to get through high school. I'm that guy. Um, so wait, how did you end up dropping out? Like, did, did mom just sort of like let it go? Was it? What was I w- the... Well, I was 15 years old. Yeah. I was getting really bad grades. Yeah. Um, I always got really bad grades. One night I went to my mom and I said, I can't go to school tomorrow because there's a in-school essay or a test about a book and I haven't read it. And so she said, okay, so you can't go to school because that'll lead you to an F and now you're failing. And I go, yeah. And she goes, well, are you going to read the book tonight? And I go, no. She goes, are you going to read it tomorrow? And I go, no. And she goes, when are you going to read it? And I go, I'm never going to read it. <laughs> and to this day, I can't even remember what the book is. That's how little interest I was. And you can't even read. And I can't even read. <laughs> That's why I improvise so much. Long story short, I stayed home the next day, the next day. And then by the third day, I kind of realized, I go, I don't think I'm going back. Yeah. And I just didn't. Now, were you getting into trouble? Were you getting into mixing with the wrong crowd? Or yes, were you... but we're talking suburban trouble. Yeah. So... You know, if I was in a bad neighborhood, and it's why I feel very privileged and why I feel really sad when some kid from the wrong neighborhood gets busted at 14 and can't get out of it. Yeah. Because if I was in that neighborhood, I wouldn't have gotten a second chance. Yeah. But the neighborhood I was in, we were doing really stupid stuff and stuff I should have been more punished for. But it was a really, like, nice suburb and, you know, he's he's going to grow out of this. And so I was given a lot of chances uh, somebody else wouldn't have. So when would you say you got your act together? What's, what's, is there a turning point? Uh, I went back to high school and I was really embarrassed. Uh, all my friends were a year older and people started asking if I was going to finish this year. But not to be mean, you know, they would just be like, do you think you'll get through? <laughs> We've got a bet going. <laughs> yeah, and I started realizing like, whoa, I guess I am that guy yeah. who like might not make it through high school. And my uncle uh, lived with us at the time who was going through some legal problems. And he wanted me to do neon signs with him, which is what he used to do. So he would go door to door, sell a sign, and he and I would hang it. And so I was in the city working for him. And he told me every day, this is it. When you drop out of high school, you don't go back. This is it. This is what it leads to. You either work for me or soon you'll have a company like this. But this is your life. And I really didn't want it. (laughs) So when I went back, I had... You know, I had to find something, but nothing was clicking. And then I, you know, wrote some short story, and a teacher liked it. And then my buddy Bill Bungeroth, who's now the uh, director of Second City oh, wow. in Chicago, I happened to be growing up with him, and he's just like a born director. Yeah. And he put me in a comedy show. 
and I couldn't, I was afraid to audition. And so my uncle Timmy, who was an alcoholic, used to tell, call me on the, my birthday every year and tell me the same joke. And he said, for your audition, just do your uncle Timmy. So he like cheated me in. And then when I did that show, I got tons of credit at my high school. And then all like the teachers who hated me liked me. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> this feels better than the whole sign I like, thing. I like this. <laughs> and so from about 17, 16, 17, I said, I want to do this. Uh, and you came to New York for school. Yeah, I went. So then I went to University of Iowa. Yeah. Uh, did two years there. And then because I couldn't get into New York University or anywhere else out of high school. And then I wrote a play and got into NYU, came out here. From the writing, started acting, did a two-man show with a guy named Oliver Raleigh. He's right. a musician out in Brooklyn. And we did Upright Citizens Brigade and Surf Reality and sure. all those places in the Lower East Side. Pink Pony. Mm -hmm. And uh, did that for a while. Then I moved out to L.A. and started booking commercials. Were, uh, when was the – you were an intern over at SNL at I some was, point, I was, yeah, right? when I was about 20. What was that experience like? Uh, it was disappointing because I always wanted to be on the show. Sure. And I always thought that I would just get plucked and they would be like, you are John Belushi <laughs> meets Chris Farley with some Bill Murray in him. <laughs> Wait, who's that guy getting yeah. the coffee? Yeah. Who's that tubby guy who's probably stoned? <laughs> <laughs> and I really believed that would happen. And it just, I worked in Lauren Michael's office and I would be in there and he would be in there and nothing was clicking. And Jimmy Fallon had just became uh, the weekend update, update guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he was not, he's not much older. Yeah. So I'm like, man, and I had that, maybe I was 22 at the time, and I had that thing of, I don't think this is gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, just, I mean, it was what it was, but. So the film debut was, is that the, the David Mamet film? Was that the first film you ever appeared in? Um, Red Belt or no? Well, no, maybe Paperheart. Oh yeah, yeah. I think paper paper art was the one that changed everything for me. So how did how did that one even come about? Um, I had I had known Nick Jasinovic, the director of it, through Derek Waters, and I had met Derek Waters through a guy Eric Edelstein, who's in Green Room, a great actor. Sure. But he and I lived in the same building in Hollywood, and Derek and he were buddies. So I had started meeting this group, and then uh, Derek was doing videos for UCB when UCB first opened, mm -hmm. and Nick was directing them. And Nick and I buddied up, and then he said to me one day, I'm doing this super weird thing with Charlene Yee and Mike Sarah, and I need someone to play me. And I think you could do it because nobody knows you. And when we go on the road, people will believe you actually are Nick Jasinovic, and I'll pretend to be the DP, and we could just go make this movie. Amazing. And I was like, yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything else going. Let me do I, that. I was like, sure. Have you seen Michael in um, Twin Peaks? I did, actually. <laughs> Yeah, he's great. Molly Brando? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, that's top of mind because I've been, I've been uh, obsessing about Twin Peaks. I love, uh, oh, my God, Kyle MacLachlan as Dougie. Yeah. It's <laughs> amazing. It's amazing. Sorry. Total tangents. Um, so it seems like, a, you know, if we're charting turning points, that's obviously one. Getting together with Max Winkler is, is another Max one. Max Winkler was a big one. And, you know, we did Ceremony together. Right. And Max was a really helpful director for me. Because I've always liked to improvise and take chances, but I would take it. I would do a take, and then I'd look over at monitor for approval. And he finally walked over to me and said, "If you're going to be this bold as a performer, you cannot keep looking for approval. It's cutting into what you're doing, and it is so annoying." And I was like, "Well, yeah, I guess that's right." So you're you're literally like just waiting for yeah that that's good. That, that's like, good. Like I yeah. would. So my character in that is an alcoholic, right. and Max would say like. For the wedding speech, let's go, improvise, do something. And I would do a take, and then when they'd call cut, I would just look at him for direction. 
And he kind of was like, if you're going to go out and do it, then do it. Sure. I'll tell you if it's wrong. And it was a really freeing thing where I felt like, oh, yeah, you just go on set and do your job. Yeah. You don't need nine people to, like, remind you to do your job. Assume consent. Yeah, so that's right. Until they tell you you're wrong, <laughs> right. go for it. Right. Be aggressive. And then uh, they were writing Adventures Handbook at oh, Max's sure, with right? Akiva. Yeah, yeah. That, and, that's one of those projects that I was around know, for years. Yeah, yeah. For years. And Max and Jonah were all working on it at Winkler's, uh, at actually Henry Winkler's house <laughs> in Brentwood. And Liz Merriweather got brought in to do a punch-up. And Max was editing Ceremony Upstairs. Right. And showed her a cut of it, and she liked what I was doing. And that's no strings attached. And brought me to no strings attached, which leads to which New leads Girl. To New Girl. When New Girl was obviously the one that yeah. has changed my life. So, and, and let me get the sequencing down. I actually, I literally just had uh, Colin Trevorrow in yesterday. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, oh yeah, for his movie. He's I just saw him in London. He mentioned three days that ago. too. Yeah, exactly. Love Colin. Uh, Colin's the best. Yeah, I'm making a Star Wars movie. How'd that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we said that about Jurassic too, that's but right. I mean, come on. Yeah. So, in terms of uh, safety not guaranteed. Where was that in terms of New Girl? I'm trying to remember. What, so what, I what shot, happened first? Um, so the way that happened, okay, I do remember. So that's right when things were starting to happen for me. Uh, no Strings came out and, you know, it wasn't like a huge movie for me, but it was like, I mean, the movie with Ashton Kutcher and yeah. Natalie Portman and I had a love interest, which was really important as right. an actor, I found out later. That before to you, show that you have the capacity to love and and kind hold of, the screen with a pretty lady. Yes, which <laughs> honestly, if it wasn't for Liz Merriweather, there's no way I would have this career. She's the only person who was like, I think Jake's character should like like the scene in that movie where I open the door for Greta Gerwig, Greta Gerwig yeah. who's great by the way. I haven't thought love of her. Greta in a while. Yeah. Loved working with her. Um, they uh, you open the door for, her, and I thought like. Wait, what do you want me to do? And it was like, just be romantic, mm -hmm. stupid. <laughs> do the movie thing. And you think like, oh, yeah, if that didn't happen, mm. there's no way Fox would say, well, maybe there could be a Nick Just thing. Yeah. And you're like, oh, those little moves that I didn't have a strategy or was thinking about. Sure. Uh, but so I did the pilot for New Girl with Liz. And then while we were waiting to hear, I went off and shot Safety Not Guaranteed. And my wife and I were in Seattle when we found out New Girl got picked up. Wow. Yeah. So, so are you starting to kind of like take a, a look back, take stock of the whole New Girl experience? I mean, it's crazy. I mean, this doesn't, you know, as you well know, like network sitcoms don't know, like doesn't crazy. They don't last that long anymore. It's just a different environment. I, I am. It, uh, you know, when you do a TV show for that long, you become a family, and you know, families fight and there's stuff, and you're mad at each other, and you mm -hmm. like each other more. You blah blah blah. And something happened for me at the end of last year when I started hearing for real it was going away and I realized like, oh, it's done? Yeah. And I realized how much I really love Zoe and Max and Lamorne and Han I'm like, oh, these are great people and we have had so much fun working together. And then our guests are like the Damon Wayne's Juniors come like, like we have just, it's really been a hard job because we do such long hours and we're all lunatics. Sure. Uh, but it's been really fun. And I really, I, I, I personally wrote to Dana Walden and Gary Newman asking for more, which I never thought I would. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't want it to go away yet. Like, yeah. let's give us it's a, a proper good day end. job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I, was, yeah. I was also like, I started feeling like definitely old and sentimental. I'm like, I don't want Nick Miller to go away. I like him. I'll never play <laughs> this guy again. Like, I don't think our show will be like a Netflix revival show. You never know. You never hey. know. You never know. But so, I'm like, I, I just got, I got sad that the, characters the way they interact the language between nick and schmidt the language between nick and jess when they're fighting into romance 
it's in eight episodes, it is over. Yeah. And if we relive it in five years, it'll just be different. We'll pretend it's the same mm -hmm. and the audience will go, yeah, I liked it, <laughs> but it's going to be different. But right now it is still alive. And so I'm happy that, you know, I get to step into it one last time. What was you, we were talking when you came in before we started taping about the the infamously amazing experience of having Prince on the show, yeah, totally. which is bizarre and amazing. Was that like a validation or just like a fever trip? Just to like a find out he was a fan, b sure. find out he was a fan of your character, c get him on set and yeah. play a scene with. I mean, well, it's a funny thing about New Girl and Prince. I think helped us on the inner team a lot in that New Girl came out and it was really cool and everybody liked it and all the cool kids liked it. And then all the cool kids stopped liking it. <laughs> Where'd you cool kid? They went but, on to the next thing. Yeah, but they all just went on to the next thing. Yeah. It was like, we were a cool show, and we were like an award show. I think like Zoe won some award. Max was nominated for an Emmy. Yeah. We were all kind of like, what is happening? Our little weird show is cool. And then we blinked our eyes, and everybody's <laughs> like, it's not cool anymore. Right. Now we're just that tween show. Right. But we were the same show for us. And so Prince came in the middle of that third season when we had already lost the like the hipsters, uh, and him coming back. I think for all of us, we were all like, "See, we're still cool." But also, like <laughs> it was at least for me, it was like, "Well, who cares?" At the end of the day, like when I'm fifty, like Prince. No, you had that experience. Prince liked it. Yeah. And Prince wanted <laughs> he the way he approached the show was he said he would do the show if he could be part of Nick and Jess getting back together. And he goes, he wanted to be part of them falling in love. And when he came, he wanted to know me as Nick. He wanted to know her as Jess. And he loved sitting on that bench in between us because he liked that relationship. So when the dust settles on this show for me and I look back, you know, I, I've loved Prince forever. Bill Bungroth going back to the, he introduced me to Purple Rain and sure. Prince. We would drive up to Minneapolis to like experience where Prince was from. So the fact that he liked that will always kind of warm my heart a little bit. What's uh, I mean, beyond, I mean, you know, you've got a family, you've got, uh, you know, seven or eight more episodes of, of New Girl to yeah. do. Like, what's your life about right now? Like, what do you spend your time on in any downtime? Like, what are you, is, is baseball still a, a passion? It is, is but it's less so. Yeah. Sports have kind of faded in a way that's getting disappointing because they used to mean so much to me. I'm actually going through that weird probably midlife crisis or whatever where – I'm like, I used to be able to sit down and watch a whole game, and it would fill me in a way where yeah. I cared about everything. Now I'm watching, like, 22-year-olds, and I'll be like, that young man's doing good for himself. <laughs> this is the first year, in I think, since high school that I'm not doing fantasy baseball. For sure. And I'm just not as engaged. And it's, 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 it's sad. It's a little sad. <laughs> it, but honestly, it's a little bit like, oh, I know this is fading. It's kind of like when, like, I'm a Yankee fan. I grew up in New York. It's like when when Jeter left. Like, Jeter wasn't even my generation. Yes. He was Don Mattingly was, like, my generation. But, like, when Jeter left, who was kind of a connection to that one, it's like I'm, I'm even, like, one removed. I'm two removed it. now from, like, my childhood. That's exactly. So that's exactly what it is for me. It's I like, like, it was when the World Series, when the Cubs won the World Series, it ended like the Sean Dunstans and the Mark Graces and the, all totally. those guys, like all those eras of watching. Tuffy Rhodes hitting three home runs on opening day. Right. <laughs> Harry Carey, Steve Stone. It's now over. And this is now the beginning of like the new one. And I'm like, I just don't know. I don't have another thing in me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so one thing, you know, I've been filling my time. I'm writing this new movie with Swanberg that I'm really excited about. Yeah. And also I just bought a new house. And we're in the process of moving. But my wife asked me, because I used to do construction growing up, mm -hmm. and that's something that's just always been in my family. She said, uh, don't obsess on some new project right now. 
Because, like, you've got press, and then you're going back to New Girl. She goes, just don't hire a contractor for the new house. Just you do that. Sure. So I've been waking up, having coffee, going to the house, uh, and loving it. And having that weird thing of, like, you know, actors will say, if they ask, like, if you weren't an actor, what would you do? And the answer is always like, I got nothing, man. <laughs> I have no skills. I've got nothing. I would be an actor or literally a dead person. <laughs> it's sad that I think I've said that. But, like, I, I'm doing this and I go, oh, I could have been a contractor and loved it. Mm-hmm. You're constantly negotiating with people. You're watching improvements on a house. Right. When somebody can't do something, you step up and help. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's weird. There's another life I like. Do you consume much in the way of entertainment or do you feel like baseball? It's kind of like this is not my – this is not no. what I signed up for. Nothing. Nothing. I, I, for, You're an empty, dark soul. I just – you know, I like, I've been listening to a lot of the band lately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> You're in that place. I'm in that place. Uh, I, ha- I watched Get Out. That's and amazing, I thought it yeah. was a nearly perfect movie. Yeah. Uh, and I loved it. I loved the direction, the performance, the story. But I was just on a plane here, and I will not name any of the projects. I couldn't get through one movie. <laughs> and I felt like that old grump who kept going, like, I would start, and I'd be like, okay. And then I'd be like, ah! <laughs> you weren't going to other people's screens and doing I that, was. I was walking up and down the aisle, and they're like, I think there's that guy from that show. And I'd be like, turn it off! <laughs> turn this junk off! But I'm looking to be inspired. Okay. What do you get uh, recognized for when you're walking down the street now? Is it like how much I'm curious like for like a like a 7 minute performance in Jurassic World. Does Nothing. that That doesn't do it? That, Never. Really? Never. It surprises me. I a get bit. uh there's different types and I'll know as they approach what they like. It's either New Girl, which is the most. Yeah. It's Safety Not Guaranteed. Nice. Which is a kind of a techie hipster-ish mm-hmm. type. Sure. Uh if it's a straight up hipster dude no disrespect. <laughs> our, our lovely Michael. Well, I mean, I go back at you, but I'll get drinking buddies there. Yep. So I'll get a lot from, it'll be always drinking buddies there, and those are the three. Amazing. Do you get uh, do you get mistaken for anybody? Um, I get David Krumholtz. <laughs> I get uh, occasionally Oscar Isaac. Oh. I might be bragging and faking there. <laughs> and I get Brad Pitt. Uh, no, I get, I really get... Um, Krumholtz, and when I have a beard, I actually get Jason Manzukis. <laughs> and Jason, just at guy, the airport yeah. the other day, uh, somebody rec- the TSA guy recognized me, and he goes, "Are you that guy?" And I go, "I am." He goes, "I love you out the league." <laughs> and I was like, "I'm not that guy." <laughs> You'd be good. Have you ever done a? Are you a podcast veteran? Have you done his podcast? How did this get made? No. Oh, you should check it out. You would enjoy it. Yeah. It's, it's a. Uh, probably talking about a lot of the films on the plane that um, you didn't want to watch. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a big fan of Manzo. Um, it's been really good to catch up with you, man. Too, I'm, man. I've, I always enjoy talking to you throughout the uh, the growth of your career and, and uh, to see you, you know, the, between the TV show, between this kind of bucket list weird moment with Tom Cruise in The Mummy and the fact that you've carved out this really cool niche uh, collaborating with Joe Swanberg on great films. Like, people should check it out, by the way. Win It All is still on uh, Netflix. Thanks, man. Uh, I assume the others probably are as well. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> in this new world, I really don't know where the other there. ones are. It's all there. Uh, it's always good to catch up, man, and uh, I'll see you on the next one. Yeah, man, thank you. Thanks, bud. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs> this episode of Happy, Sad, Confused was produced by Michael Catano, Mukta Mohan, and Kasia Mihailovich for the MTV Podcast Network, with additional engineering by Little Everywhere. 
You can subscribe to this and all of our other shows on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you find your favorite podcasts.